and welcome to episode 85 of the Massive Attack podcast. I'm Joe, and with me as always is Mitch. G'day. And we have finally made it to the letter Z, Z. the end of our A to Zs. Yeah, it was cool. 26 episodes in. Yep. And hasn't the year flown? kind of has. Yeah. I, I remember, like, it was yesterday only sitting here recording the A episode talking about Atari in that Atari documentary. That's true. But anyway, we're not talking about A today. We're talking no. about Z. Z. Not Z. Z. Yep. And we are looking at... The oh. character of Bobcat Goldthwaite's from the Police Academy films. Really? Is that his name? Z. Yeah. Ah. But that's not what we're talking about, is it? No, it's oh, not. Okay. No. We are talking about the 1974 cult classic... Zados. Zados. Which you'd never seen before. No, I had never seen this. So this is going to be a little bit different to our normal style of podcast because I'm not going to be going, well, I remember when I was such and such an age watching Zados because I was watching it last week for the very first time. Okay, so when you're 48, you're watching 46, it. thank you. No, actually, not even 46. I'm, I'm 45 at the moment. <laughs> I haven't even turned 46 yet. But no, Zados is a 1974 film directed by John Borman who also directed Deliverance. C-c-c-crossover. Yes. yes. And I think this was his next film after Deliverance. He did Deliverance in 1972. Correct. Which we obviously talked about in our R episode for Burt Reynolds. C-c-c-crossover. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, based on the popularity of Deliverance, he got a bit of money from some producers and they let him Well, he loose. did actually want to make a Lord of the Rings film and that yeah. fell through. So yeah. this was his project he made because that didn't happen. And you can kind of see the little similarities between Lord of the Rings and this. Now, he did in 1980 make a, another film, Excalibur. Which I've never seen, but that's sort of his, I maybe maybe that I was his chance to make Lord of the Rings. I was like, all right, stuff it, I'll make the King Arthur legend instead. Hmm. But yes. And doing a little bit of research on this, I actually found out that John Borman is Charlie Borman's father. Yes, I found out that too, and I didn't know who Charlie Borman was. Well, Charlie Borman is an actor. And he rides on motorbikes yes. with Ewan McGregor. He is friends with Ewan McGregor, and they did the series Long Way Round. Hmm. And Long Way Down was the follow-up as well, which I think was just Charlie Borman without Ewan McGregor. And I've actually got that on DVD. It's actually not a bad watch. It's like Ewan and Charlie riding motorbikes across the country or across the world. Even. Yeah. But yes, enough about Charlie Borman. So let's delve into Zardos. Yep. What, whoa, 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 whoa. You've never seen it? No. What did you think it was? What did you know of it? The only thing I knew was the fact that Sean Connery is in it. Yep. He has a long black ponytail and a big moustache and he's wearing... Thigh-high boots, yep. a red bandolier, mm-hmm. and a red leather nappy. Yep. I have seen the photo many times of him in that costume. I never really understood why. And still don't? No, <laughs> I, I really still don't. And that's about all I knew of it. Yep. And reading the trivia as well, they said that it was initially meant to be Burt Reynolds in that role as well. And you can see it with the moustache. Yeah, definitely. Mm. But that kind of fell through, so they got Sean Connery. And this was only his second film that he'd done after James Bond. Bond. Yes, he was not getting roles post-James mm. Bond, so that's why he took it. And I'm sure after he filmed this, they were just offers flooding in for him. <laughs> he was fine. I, I did, really didn't know what to expect, and watching it, it is definitely a 1970s film. Well, I did get the review from you saying, I just watched Zardos. Spoiler alert, it's not very good. It isn't very good, but then the more you think about it and the more you realise how stupid it is, the funnier it does become. Mm. It's fairly long and drawn out, I guess you would say. It's very 70s. There's not a lot of action. No. And really, there's not a lot that happens. Oh, I think so. All right, well, you tell us what happens. Do you want a plot synopsis? Yes, a plot synopsis. All right, so it starts off with a giant floating stone head. Well, actually, no, it starts off with a, a, a... 
a man with a weird hat and a drawn-on moustache and beard telling you that he's a magician and this is all a trick. Yes. As his head, literally, it's just his head, no body, and it's floating around the screen, like a screensaver used to do. Yeah. On your computers. And he tells you this. Now, apparently this scene was put in by the producers. They said, no, you need to explain to the audience a little bit. It's a bit too confusing. And then from that... It's, you get Zardos, which is a giant floating stone head. Like yes. when I say giant, I mean giant. I mean two, three stories tall. Oh, it's massive. Giant head. Floating, hmm. as you do. Then you get a bunch of these guys, like you described um, Sean Connery's attire. There's a bunch of those guys dressed similarly. And they're riding along and then Zardos appears and they're like, oh, Zardos, Zardos. And they get down and genuflect to him and all this sort of stuff, or to the god, mm-hmm. the idol of the god. And Zardos speaks to them saying that the gun is good and the penis is evil. Yep. So and that's what they say. And they're all like, yes, go Zardos, Zardos. And then guns just start spewing out the mouth of the Zardos stone creature. Literally spewing out of the mouth. Mm. There is just hundreds of guns come flying yep. out of this guy's mouth. And then all these dudes in the red nappies come and grab their guns and get all excited and then kill other people that aren't in nappies. Yeah, so it's sort of like, it, it's confusing. You don't really know what's going on. It's, no. it's pretty manic as far as that. It's violent. It's, it's, it's not well filmed or anything, but it's just violent. The effects are pretty good, though. That floating head looks, yeah. God, that's a great visual. It's just it awesome. And then the next scene, then Zados fucks off and floats away. Yeah. And that's cool. But then, uh, well, actually, he flucks away. Flucks away? Flucks away. Yeah. He fucks off. Yeah. And then you've got all the sort of murder going on with these executioners, which are the nab- red nappy dudes. And they're also wearing paper mache sort of Oh, Zados heads. Zados heads. Yep, some of them. And then Sean Connery, he picks up out of the pile of guns that were spewed, he picks up this big fuck-off revolver yep. and points it to the camera and shoots the cameraman. Mm. And, and then sort of like, oh, and I think Zados might come up on the screen now. I'm not sure. Yes, But the next scene is... Zardos landing, it's coming back, and inside the Zardos head, because you can see through it, because you can see the mouth from inside, like you're inside a cave, and there's grain or whatever, sand on, it's grain, but you don't know, really know what it is, but out comes the gun that Sean Connery had, which is a bit weird, because you saw him not be in Zardos before, but anyway, that's fine. And then, yeah, he's kind of in the mouth of Zardos, in, buried in... Hidden under the grain. Stuff. And then he sort of gets out and then he sort of walks around and he's in somewhere new and he's not one of these, you know, executioners or brutals or whatever. And he ends up in this utopia sort of place with all these different sort of people that don't look anywhere near as barbaric or dirty as the people you'd seen before. But what you failed to mention is when Sean Connery is inside the head, Zardos himself oh, that's right. pops up and sort of says, hello, I'm Zardos and I'm immortal sort of thing. Yeah. And then Sean Connery just shoots him yeah, and he falls anything. out of the face of the head and floats away. Yeah. And I mean, and Connery comes across as, well, his character's name is Zed in yep. this, you find out later. And he comes across as British and dumb at the start. Hmm. He's sort of like, he, he doesn't talk, he doesn't really think, he just he just acts on instinct in a way. And he ends up walking along this utopia place, which I think it was, the areas are called Vortexes. And he ends up in this vortice. What a wanky one. And he comes across a lady and he's about to kill her. He pulls out a gun and she just stares at him funny, pulls a weird twinkly eye sort of thing and he can't control the, his hand with the gun in it and he throws the gun away and sort of falls on the ground. Next thing you know, he wakes up and he's a captive of what these people are called the Eternals. And these people can't die. And they have mental powers. Yep. And that's how they sort of Stopped him from shooting him, so she used her mental powers on him, and they could sort of pull some sort of memories out of him. And the one they pulled out was him shooting Zardos. They're going, "Oh, you killed him!" It's like, "Yeah, well, he's not 
dead, but because and this is where we get some really strange set design. So he's laying on a on a table, but there's like plastic sheets around and just naked bodies all sort of just hanging around. And I guess they're meant to be sort of like gestational chambers of some sort where they're growing new bodies. Well, you say, I guess they're supposed to be, and there is a lot of guessing what things are yeah. supposed to be in this movie. Because they said, oh, yeah, you did you did kill him, but there he is over there and there's like a little fetus sort yeah. of growing. And it's like, oh, okay, we, we've beaten death, we're, we're done, we are immortals. So he ends up becoming, he gets given leniency, he gets put on a sort of a trial and he gets three weeks to live where they can study him and sort of figure out how he got there and why he got there and they haven't had a, what they call brutal or executioner in there for a long time. So sort of he becomes sort of a pet plaything slash exhibit in a way, different points. And it's just very random. And one guy called Friend sort of becomes his friend. Appropriate. Well, that's the thing. I don't know if his friend because he's his friend or actually his name is friend, but people called him friend. A lot of people, other people called him friend too. And I thought he was kind of cool. Yeah, so he he sort of organised the delivery of the bakery or something. But yeah, so you sort of, he's the Basil exposition of the show where he tells you everything that's going on and where they became immortal and all this sort of thing. And there's the thing called the tabernacle, which sort of controls them, but no one can tell him anything about the tabernacle because they don't quite know. And then they got the apathetics. He goes and shows them the apathetics. And these are some immortals who have given up. Yep. And because they can't die, they're just numb. They just stand there like mannequins. They just don't do anything. Mm. And then there's another group, and I can't remember their goal, but they're old, but they're not dying, but they're sort of senile and crazy, and all they do is fight. Yeah, so... uh, so it's, it's, And that's essentially it. And then it sort of gets out more and more as you come out. You realise Sean Connery's not as brutal or as backwards as you think. He's a bit more cleverer than that. And then you sort of get a flashback as to how we got in Zardos Mouse. So that was actually a bit of a swerve at the start where there is a backstory to that. And what happened was he was coerced into a library at some point. Yep. And he ended up teaching himself to read and he read all the books. And he learned out the, the truth behind Zados, which made him go, there's got to be the truth behind this whole story. So he followed the Zados, you know, head back to the home base. And what he found was there was there was different opinions. So you've got the apathetics who are numb. You've got the senile ones who are grown old but can't die and don't play anymore. And you've got the other ones who are left who are bored. Yeah. They've beaten death. They've got nothing to do. All we see them really do is chores and bake bread, not green bread, which is really disgusting. Well, also, they've kind of worked out that they don't need to procreate anymore. Oh, yes. Hence so the men, whole... men can't get erections anymore. Yeah. There's no reason to procreate, so therefore sex has become a null and void issue. Yes. But there is that one bizarre scene where the women are trying to get Sean Connery to have an erection by showing him some mud wrestling on a big screen. Mm, and It didn't work. Telling him, you know, rude things and stuff. Yes. But bits of this movie, when you look at them out of context, are quite strange. Although, I guess when you're watching them in context of yep. the rest of the movie, are it's very a, strange too. It's a, it's a random film. And, I mean, we'll get to the end, I suppose, and then we'll sort of discuss bits. But he ends up giving them what they want, in a sense. Death. Hmm. Like, his plan sort of comes out. But he's a weird character too, because he has been the idea... Zardos has told the executioners, which is the red nappy guys, they are to kill all the brutals, which are just the random people who are living outside of the vortex and they're procreating and we don't want that you know you you want to kill them that's why the penis is bad because they're having sex and having more you've got to kill them keep the you know people under control the population under control and he's he's so he's been taught to rape and kill essentially that's that's his his function yeah as as an executioner and there's a few moments in that a bit awkward where he tries to rape somebody and i mean the power kicked in 
so that stopped him doing it. Yeah. There was another one where a friend sort of took him to apathetics and he went to rape her and she was... Apathetic. Apathetic, so she didn't <laughs> react at all and he was like, oh, this is shit. And he literally throws her about six feet. Into, into a hay bale. Into a, oh. a hay pile. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, this is kind of random and weird. Sexual politics of the 70s, not yeah. good. I mean, it's not saying it's good or it's bad, but he sort of gets away with it in a way. I mean, I know it's a weird dystopian Utopian future, dystopian, but yeah. yeah. And there is a bit later on where he does, he is raping a woman, I think, and he ends up marrying her. Well, not marrying her, there's no marriage. Has a child with her at the end. And yeah. Marries and, um, you know, lives. Lives together. Lives and dies together at the end. It's sort of like strange. So it's a, it's a strange movie. Like yeah. nothing really makes sense. The concept is interesting and the stage design is, is, is interesting. I think it's one of those films where the sum of its parts are better than the whole. Like the idea is really good. The costuming is pretty good oh, for what for the red nappies, except for the yeah. red nappies. And thigh-high boots, yeah. The concept itself is pretty highbrow, and some of the effects are quite well done. Yeah. I mean, but when you put it all together, it just, it just feels... It doesn't quite yeah. come together right. But I, I think it's funky, but I do have a soft spot, and I think I mentioned it before, for 70s film. There's a look about it, there's a feel for it, and I do like that. And this definitely fits into those. And it's got that post, you know, Kubrick, Clockwork Orange thing where they really rely on, like, classical music. Yeah, so they use a song from Beethoven as the main theme. Beethoven's seventh, I think it is, Mm. for the ending. And just that end scene is just strange as well. It's just pretty much a still shot of Sean Connery and his rape victim with their child slowly growing older. And then the kid just sort of wanders off the shot and Sean Connery and his partner grow old and die and turn to skeletons. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of the movie. It's kind of like, well, everything's wrapped up now. Yeah. Like it's, it's definitely an execution of ideas. It's not a well, it's not like it's a, it's John Borman wrote the screenplay for it. So it's not based on a book and he's adapted it or anything. So I'd be interested to hear, like I've heard that in the director's commentary for the DVD or the Blu-ray release they did, he's sort of saying he hadn't seen it since he saw, he made it. And he goes, yeah, I would have done that again. And I would have done that differently. And I wish we had more money. So it's, it's an interesting piece. Uh, it's not a movie I can recommend. If you could watch it with friends and have a few drinks, you can have a lot of fun with it. I think it's a movie you probably do need to see though, just so you can say, yes, I've seen Zardos. Yeah, I, I really dig it, but it's not, yeah, but there's movies where you dig it and you go, oh, yeah, this, go check this movie out. But for this, it's like, I don't know. I dig it, but I don't know if you will or I can't recommend other people. So you really got to know the person you're recommending it to to say, yeah, it's worth checking out, but here's a few caveats. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. So had you seen this when you were younger or is this something you've watched? Oh, I when would you were- have watched it in the 90s when I was sort of getting into a lot of things. Like that's when I was sort of catching up on my David Lynch's. I was sort of had a friend, Danny, who sort of opened my eyes to a lot of these sort of things. You're watching this and Wicker Man and a bunch of other things like uh, Ken Russell movies. They yep. all sort of go together. They, you know, you watch Ken Russell films and they're like altered states, which a few years later, but you sort of get that same vibe and feel. So when you see it in that context, you watch it with a modern mentality for film. No, you're not going to get this at all. Well, I think that's what my issue was as well. That the fact that I'm looking at it now yeah. from 2017 view thinking, Thinking, you know, well, not in these viewers the same, but I, I was also, this is the same time I'm going off and watching Clockwork Orange for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching Alter States for the first time. So yeah. I'm watching all these movies together. So it all sort of makes sense because I put myself in that mentality. Like The Omega Man, I probably would have watched around a similar time. Probably. So on the green, you know, this is when I was watching these films. Yeah. So it was so a lot easier. The movie itself just sort of scraped into a profit. The budget for the film was $1.57 and they made 
$1.8 million in the US and Canada release. Yep. Obviously, now since then, it's been on video and it has come out on Blu-ray just recently. So it, it is, I guess, a bit of a cult following. Oh, it's definitely a cult movie now and probably because it's a bad movie more than anything. But it's funny because I, I saw an interview on YouTube with the director and he said, you know, they rang him up and said, do you want to do a commentary? We're doing a Blu-ray release. And he goes, why? <laughs> and they're going, yeah, it's sort of like it's went from a, it's one of those movies that went from a disaster to a cult classic. But he goes, it didn't go through any success in between. <laughs> so, no. you know, he obviously didn't, it has, a, it didn't really affect him. He's had a very long career, but yeah, it, it didn't. And obviously it didn't hurt Sean Connery's career at all. Not that I can think of. I don't think he had a lean 70s, but no, he sort of had a renaissance not. in the 80s that yeah. definitely went into the 90s. Mm. But yeah, um, so was, again, I, it's just such a hard thing to recommend, but I dig it. I really dig it because I think it's funky and I love that 70s crazy shit. And, and it's all of that. It's literally all that crazy <laughs> 70s shit. Lots of boobs. Do you like boobs? Mm. Lots of boobs. There is lots of boobs. Mm. Mm. And lots of near boobs. Because I know, oh, I think it's the costume designer for the old Star Trek show or one of those shows. And they designed to a point where it's like you've got a costume to pique people's interest. It looks like you might get a nipple pop out at any moment. That's what they wore pretty much. And there's then a- and then nipples did pop out. And there's a lot of under boob. Yeah, mm. lots. But I, I don't know why they even bothered you know, wearing clothes at all. No. When they've given up on sex and they're immortal and bored, why would they even bother with fashion? So, Well, the men obviously didn't because they were wearing those big red nappies. That's true. Yeah. Uh, now, let's go through some of the other cast. We talked about Sean Connery a lot. He's the main guy. Now, I didn't recognise any of the other people in this movie. Well, the women looked familiar, but it doesn't mean anything to me. It's Charlotte Rampling, who's been in lots of things. She was one of the women. And Sarah Castellan was someone who looked familiar, but I could I looked at her IMVB and she's been in lots of things. But it's like, yeah, I may have seen her and stuff, but they just look familiar. But I thought Neil Buggy was an interesting character. Very Eric Idle. He was the one who played Zardo himself yep. and he, he was great every scene he turned up in he was just like really big energy and his scenes were the best in the movie see I thought he was really hamming it up but then I loved that's it. the character that he's meant yeah. to say so he was great but I didn't know much about him John Alderton who played friend I thought he was really cool too and he reminded me of a mate of mine or a friend of mine but um, do you know who he's married to no idea Pauline Collins I don't even know Shirley Valentine oh, okay yes and do you know what Shirley, Shirley Valentine was no idea she was also the narrator of the little miss cartoons Ah, and you know, you and therefore, and John Alderson also narrated the, the 1983 version of the Mister Men cartoons. Well, there you go. I just found that out and thought, thought that was interesting. But yeah, it, it's it's crazy. That, I I can't think of any other word to describe it other than crazy or eclectic. Yeah, it is what it is. Mm. But it, it's it's a hard recommend only because it is so crazy. But if you're into things like Logan's Run, Rollerball, those sort of things, th- again, these are all the movies I was watching at the time, so it was a bit easier to step into a movie like this. But yeah, it's it's not like anything else. No, it definitely isn't. Well, that's that's about it. Yeah, I think I, that's I, A to Z. Done. I don't think there's much more we can say about Zoe's. No, we shouldn't. So if if you you haven't seen seen it, it, maybe check it out. If you have, maybe give it a rewatch, have a couple of drinks, or just ignore it because a lot of people have. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's A to Z done. So thank you for bearing with us as we, you know, we're learning our A to Zs. We haven't said Z much at all, have we? No, I think we've been mainly Z. Excellent. Yeah. Do you have a favourite? I mean, I'm putting you on the spot here. I haven't thought of one myself. So I'll probably think of 14 that I forget. Well, I definitely. I definitely think for me, my favourite has been the one we did just a few episodes ago when we talked about wrestling video games, Mm. because that was something that I could just reel off the top of my head. 
if I had a least favourite, I would probably say Voltron because we it just nothing. showed us that we knew nothing about Voltron. Yeah, I've pretty much enjoyed all of the ones we've done, purely for the fact that we have gone back and watched things that I haven't got to watch for a long time. Yeah. Like, I hadn't seen Dukes of Hazard for years and we went back and watched that. Again, I hadn't seen Knight Rider for a very long time and it was good to go back and just realise how shit Knight Rider really was. <laughs> but what about you, Mitch? Did you say, would you have a favourite that we've covered? I really sort of looked at the list beforehand, but it was fun going back. Like, I'd prefer seeing things I hadn't before. So going and doing Deliverance and yeah. again, properly, was good. But that's more recent, so I sort of remember that. Did we do any of the Jones? Yeah, we did. That was our I episode. Yeah. I mean, doing Quasar was great. Because what, I mean, getting Scott Seward on, on the podcast was good to good to do. And him putting us under prison was great because it's something I should have watched. And that, actually, Zardos felt very prisoner in that way. Yeah. Yeah, doing, being able to talk about Quasar was great. UHF was fun. Yeah. Just to go back and do that again. And again, I, it, it made me happy for two weeks. And it reminded me just how much yeah. I knew of that film. Yeah. And uh, watching it again, it was like every line came back. To me. Yeah, swerving everyone with spin-offs and doing a Happy Days episode on that was kind of funny. But I think fried chicken, actually, which was a joke. <laughs> I mean, it was a piss take. Like, we, we were trying to come up with a list of letters and topics for those letters. And for F, I jokingly wrote fried chicken because I couldn't think of anything else at the time. And you thought I was serious to the point well, where we go, well, fuck it, let's make it. Well, as I said to you, sarcasm doesn't come across in text messages. <laughs> but in the end, we turned it into a real episode. <laughs> sort of like, it was kind of fun. It was fun. And again, we, we kind of cheated a little bit and we talked about the Kentucky Fried movie. So there was a little bit of a tie into fried chicken, but mm. yeah. It was, yeah, so I, it was good. It was a good cross-section, but yeah, like you said, with the Voltron and a few others like that, where it's like, oh, I'm really fond of this thing that from my past and you go back and I don't know this thing at all. Yeah, so that was good to sort of realise that. And I guess, yeah, Herculoids was another one only because that's the reason we did this. It was, uh, that's where it started. Well, yeah, because it was kind of like where you wanted to talk about old cartoons and Herculoids and that sort of stuff. And it was like, well, how do we do that under our current format? Yeah. And it was like, all right, this is an excuse for us to talk about Herculoids. Mm, So, But one thing I have noticed though, in the year that we've been doing this, I've kind of missed talking about what we're doing on a monthly basis. Regular basis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I did find that closer to the end of last year, we were getting to the point where, well, I don't know about you, but I wasn't doing a lot. But then mm. what I was doing, I was watching movies and I wasn't enjoying them. So I felt I was coming on the podcast and just bagging out everything going, well, I didn't like this and I didn't like that. Mm. But it, it has made me realise that, yeah, I do miss just talking about what we've been doing. Well, yeah, that, because we are going to be doing a recap episode for the year where we do talk about our favourites and stuff. Yes. And I use those episodes to tell me what I actually did because I've got a terrible memory when it comes to the, the current year. I've got a great memory. Memory for the past, but not for recent history. So you have short-term memory loss. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, so so for me, it was a great thing to do what I did for that year. Yeah. So for now, I'm going to have to figure out what I did and what my favourites were. It's like, oh, did I see that film? So yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, I do miss that. So I think our A to Z is a great experiment that we've done. And we won't be repeating it next year. No. So next year we are going back to our original format. Mm-hmm. And I think we are probably going to do... Still do two episodes a month, but we're going to do a what we've been watching type, what we've been doing episode. Yeah. And then we might go back to the Welcome to My World, Attack This type format for some shorter episodes in between. But don't hold us to it. No. We're just going to do whatever. Well, yeah. Just like John Borman did with Zardos. Just exactly. Like, Zardos. If we want to sit there in our red fucking nappies and grow moustache or just draw a moustache on, doesn't really matter. Mm. We can do whatever. So, so that will be good. Well- 
Before we get to what we're doing next year, though, in a couple of weeks, starting on the 13th of December, we are doing one of your favourite things for the year. Yeah. And for the fourth year in a row now, we're going to be doing our 12 Days of Christmas episodes. Sweet. And a little bit of a theme coming this year, we've decided that we are going to do 12 days of Christmas comedies or Christmas TV comedies, more to the point. Hmm. So we've got 12 episodes of TV specials from TV comedies, and we are going to be looking at some of our favourites and some episodes that we may not have seen before. No. Yeah, I, I was so excited because I love Halloween, as I've talked in the past, because slutty costumes. Yeah. And it just it's the gateway to Christmas. It's sort of like from there, it's awesome. Like we don't do Thanksgiving here in Australia, but that would be another stepping stone towards it. But Halloween and then it's just sort of like not cruising because it's not cruising. It gets rather manic and crazy, but sort of like, OK, it starts now. And I get a bit excited and I'm thinking you're not because you've got, I've got a lot of editing to do ahead of me. But I'm thinking I get to watch a lot more Christmas specials again. <laughs> So it's all very exciting as far as that goes. And yeah, so so I'm looking at these episodes coming up going, ooh, this is good. I mean, I'm still, I, I, I'd be wrapped to do Christmas Carol again because there's so many more and little things are popping up because it is Christmas time. You look at torrent sites, you look at different things here and there and they're starting to advertise Christmas stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a Christmas Carol I haven't seen. That's one I haven't seen. So yes, I'm, I'm getting jazzed for it. You're not because you've got to edit, but well, no, I I'm think excited. I, I am a little bit more organised this year. Previous years, we've kind of just randomly picked things and watched them and then recorded and talked about them. And because of that, we did get gold, like Junkies Christmas in Mm. the first year that we did it. Well, that that is literally heroin for me. Yeah. That was that first time, that first taste is free, and I've been chasing an equivalent since and have never found it. No. But, you know, other years we've done classics such as Emma Dodder that I hadn't seen before and we just sort of jumped into that and everyone was like, oh, wow, Emma Dodder. And even though it probably wasn't a great program to watch, it was a fun episode to record. Mm. And again, even just listening to your tirade about how much you hate Orko from a <laughs> He-Man episode. But anyway, but this year, no, it, it, it will be easier because we are watching 30-minute sitcoms rather than hour-and-a-half versions of Christmas mm. Carol movie. Yep. So hopefully it shouldn't be too much editing to do. And we will be back, on the, as I said, on the 13th of December and the, counting down the 12 days to Christmas. Mm. So that's probably a nice place for us to wrap up our A to Z. We've given you a little bit of a teaser of things to come. Yep. But going back to A to Z, if you have any feedback for us, if you think looking back now that, hey, maybe you should have done this for this letter or, you know, you shouldn't have done Happy Days for spinoffs because it didn't start with S, let us know. Drop us a line. Jump on our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. We are the mapodcast.podbean.com on our website. And we are the MA Podcast on Twitter. Cool. Yes, and until then, we'll see you in a couple of weeks and we'll start talking Christmas. Excellent. Lots of boobs. Do you like boobs? Mm. Lots of boobs.